Welcome to the process, episode number eight, with the famous Carlos Hidalgo and me, Colton Wright. So, in saying that, I will let Carlos take it away, my friend. Go ahead. Welcome, guys. Today, we're going to talk about teaching and training, or training specifically. Um, Colty, I know you just went out to the field, you taught and trained someone for how many days? Uh, I was in Hartford, Connecticut for five days. I was in the field with the guy for three, for three days. Okay. Oh, dang. So you went and trained at a different office. Okay. I didn't know that part. Um, yes. I just went and trained, didn't do it nearly as long as you. I did it for like three hours, but <laughs> I felt <laughs> like I, I got a lot out of it. Uh, but training, this is definitely a, a, an important topic that you need to be able to do in any single industry because any business you're trying to scale, uh, and anything you're trying to duplicate and you can't mess with with duplication if you can duplicate yourself if you can have more of you in the business the business will will scale it'll become unbelievably more valuable so mr colton um tell us some of your main takeaways because it's definitely been it's been a while since i've trained it's probably been not as long since since you've trained because you're an animal but give us some of your takeaways what do some people struggle with what could some people do better at um what did you get out of it for sure. Um, so I feel like the number one thing that people struggle with is just establishing the initial relationship. I, I feel like a, a lot of people will struggle with that. And until you establish some type of common ground, it's really hard to coach someone and push them forward. No, how, no matter how good your training program is, if they can't relate to you, they're not going to be able to retain the material. Um, so one, one thing for me is the guy I was training, um, almost complete opposites. All right. Uh, doesn't like sports. Okay, um, was more into uh, the anime side, kind of like you, Carlos. All right, um, but I, I so I couldn't relate to him. I knew that he was musical, like he, he had a he was, he was great at instruments, stuff like that. I have the uh, tone death ability of a camel, like I definitely can't sing. I can't play any sport or play any instruments. That's just not my my thing. But one thing he just actually have did unbelievable do was, rhythm. Oh, oh I, that's besides well, the point. Go ahead. Dan dancing is different. Dancing is different. All right. <laughs> Uh, one, one thing that he did do is he read a lot. Like he was huge on personal development. He had been introduced to him, had some great mentors in his life. Um, so I was able to relate to him through that, through reading. And that was our common ground. And once we found the common ground, it was really easy to build a relationship. It was nice to build a relationship too because he was uh, wanting the same thing. And then after that, it was really easy to coach him. So the first thing I think is actually establishing the relationship and finding a common ground. And once you find that common ground, then you have to have some type of system in place that's easy to duplicate, right? You can't overcomplicate it. And the number one mistake I'll see with people making in training, besides relationship process, but the actual training process, is you just talk way too much. And like they will literally go in and they just won't shut up for like 30, 45 minutes straight of explaining the thought process or explaining the rebuttals or explaining the hook or explaining everything else. When people learn by just freaking doing it, just go out. Tell them what to do and say, okay, now you do it. Now it's your turn. Practice, right? And then you're going to fail. You're going to screw up. And then I'm going to coach you on that. But do it exactly like this. And by doing it over and over and over again, that's how people are going to do it. When I see a lot of people, they'll first start training and they just don't shut up. So that's one of the biggest issues that I see is they'll start training, but don't establish a common ground and they talk way too much. But the biggest, so those two things, if you can fix those two things, you'll naturally be able to retain a lot more people and be a lot more efficient in your training so you actually get the point across. Dude, so Colty and I didn't prep this, this talk at all. We just said we're going to go over training. I didn't even tell Colty that I trained the other week. Um, but I gave this, I, I talked about this with 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 the owners in, in Denver. Um, 
and some other people. And I mentioned how this is, I, I said the exact same two things, two of the most important things. You need to build a relationship first with the individual. And I just talked about, I just talked about this with, with someone yesterday that, that the relationship is more important than anything. For one of the reasons, sure. for the reasons you said, okay, so you need to establish common ground so that they can listen to what it is that you're saying. The second thing is you're really getting them to buy into you before you're getting them to buy into, into the business or, or, or anything else. And right. I mean, if we look at how I came into the business, I originally did a second round interview with my brother. I saw what he, what he was doing. I understood the, the business model because I had read the business of the 21st century. So I understood direct sales. I understood you promote outside deals, you have other offices and you can make some form of passive income. And I was like, ah, I, I, I don't know if I want to do it this way though. And then when he was getting promoted, he was going to be leaving Ohio. And I'm like, ah, I want to be around my brother. So I'm going to do this business for my brother. Right. Um, so it was because of that relationship and, and you've probably seen it where people get promoted and then the team, you, you see people on the team, they literally say, as soon as this guy gets promoted, I'm done with this business. My brother had people like that on his team. He got promoted and the, the people said, as soon as Roth leaves, I'm out. Um, and we've had people that, that stick around for, for Roth and I. Um, I know you've had people that stick around for you, but people will fight more for another individual than they will for themselves and, and, and their personal opportunity. Um, but you mentioned the, the talking a lot. I see that a lot. <laughs> Oh my God. Why, yeah. why do you think, why do you think people do that? Cause people, and I, and I make the joke because I see them on the whiteboard and they're just lecturing and lecturing and writing stuff down. And I always make the joke that people are figuring out the Da Vinci code or something right. uh, when they're teaching and training. Why do you think people do that? I think people do it for, for one of two reasons. I, I think one of the reasons is just pride and ego they want the other person to know that they know more than them, right? Like they, they almost want to establish the hierarchy. Um, and by talking so much and just overwhelming them with the information is making them feel good to say like, Hey, I know everything and you don't know anything. Um, so I, I think that's one. And another one is just, you just don't know, like you, you can't comprehend the fact that they aren't going to attain all the information. So you think you're truly helping the person by giving them everything at one time. And you don't understand the learning process for any individual. Because you don't understand the learning process. You're just constantly spewing information out the ass. You don't know exactly what you're saying. And you're just, I'm going to give everything at one time. And hopefully you retain it all. You should know better by now. All right. And that's kind of like your thought process behind it. And because of that, it, it, it that's where the training from the upline comes into play. Where if I see someone coming in, I want to go through how to coach day one, how to coach day two, how to coach day three. Like we'll go over at least every two to three weeks on what day one through training through three training should look like. And the first thing I say every single time is if you're talking more than your trainee, then you're training the wrong way. You have to shut up and just let them talk and let them do the process. Because the business that we have is so simple that the moment you start to overtalk it, you overcomplicate the process, you overcomplicate the pitch. And if you're overcomplicating everything, they will retain nothing. Um, and also, too, I think people don't understand the, um, the power of just doing something over and over again, the power of just repetition. And uh, whenever you get to the field, even if you do the turn and burn 10, 15 times in the office, it seems like everyone, every single time forgets what the hell you talked about in the office. So like sometimes, they, even though you might seem like you're doing the same thing over and over again, they need that redundancy for it to be ingrained in their heads, right? To go from something they have to think about to an actual habit. Just like with objections with us now, like we don't have to think about what we have to say. It just naturally comes to mind, okay? No, you have to be able to train to that. And that's just redundant, 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 or repetition, repetition, repetition. 
Yeah, and I maybe we can go over the the importance of being meticulous about some of the little details because sure. and how big of an example it plays and the ripple effect it can have. Because I remember vividly when I first started, Roth made me do the hook for 30, 40 minutes straight. And I remember being the guy like, dude, we've done this 10, 15 times. Like, I get it. And right. he, he keeps telling me again, 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 again. All right, now I'll do it one time for you. All right, now you go again, 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 again. And me thinking it was like, what the fuck? And him, and him explaining to me, like, you want it to be so ingrained into you that you wake up in the middle of the night and I ask you what the hook is and you can say it without having to think about it. Okay. That's right. And there's also, you, you know, he explained the whole, like when you're in the field, there's all these other variables you're thinking about. You want to have it ingrained into you so you can kind of say it with, without having to think about it. Uh, but that's one of the reasons why repetition is so important. The other, the other way to look at it is if you look at sports, like any athlete that's practicing anything, they don't have a coach that's lecturing them for an hour on how to do it. They tell them how to do it. They show them maybe. And then they have them do it over and over and over and over again. But it's, it's, if, if Roth hadn't held the line six, seven years ago or whatever, when I was first learning it, I wonder how much of an issue that, that would have like, you know, the, the, the ripple effect that, that would, the negative ripple effect that that would have had, because then I probably wouldn't have done it with everyone that I taught and trained. And then at those important. people, those people, because I, I, I was strict on it because my brother was strict on it with me. So it's weird to think about, but you should think about it like, hey, I need to do this right because this person could end up being an important person in my business and they need to see the right example on how to properly teach and train because they're going to reflect back on this moment right now when they're learning and they're going to emulate it when they're teaching and training individuals. Uh -huh. uh, and I know he thought about it that way to, to some extent because Ross just a big picture visionary guy um and he looks down the road like that so that's i mean maybe you, you have some stories about the importance of details but one more thing to to go back to add on to to my original question is why do you think people talk a lot one of the reasons i see people talk a lot is because i think they feel they feel too uncomfortable telling the other person to do it again and again and again and again that's a good point and to get rid of that uncomfortable, they feel awkward telling them yeah. to do it over and over and over again. Um, which it is awkward sometimes to tell someone to keep repeating the same thing over again. So my advice to that would be just set the expectation, explain to them why you're doing it over and over and over. You're trying to get them to get it ingrained in them so you can wake them up in the middle of the night and they can be able to explain it and then yeah. just keep doing it over and over again. But um, I know you probably have some some stories with why you need to be so meticulous. Yeah, no, I do have a couple of stories actually from, from you too. Uh, but to go back to what you just said to finish that off is our, and part of our training is the moment they walk in for day one of training, we have the leader prep to say, okay, hey, so this is going to be a little monotonous. You're going to ask you why we're doing this over and over again. That's like the first line that comes out of the leader's mouth, right? After chanting everything else, we're going to do this so many times, you're going to be sick of it. But get excited. We're going to do it more times after that. All right. And it's just the, it's just the thought of ingraining it in the person's head. But one foreign story, whenever I first started, and it was Isaiah and Raph, and Isaiah and Raph or Isaiah and you, I forget which one, um, they were in Atmo, and I was training my, my first person. This is Isaiah and, uh, Isaiah and Raph, and it was, um, I was training my first person, and I said, hey, how are you doing today? And the guy said, hi. And I remember Raph asking me, why didn't I correct it to hey? And I was just like, I, 
it's the same thing. He's like, no, it's not. You said, hey, <laughs> I didn't understand. And that's what we talk about holding the line is it, it the fact that it's higher. Hey, is not that important. It's the fact that they need to do exactly what you say. So they get the repetition down. And that the point of, hey, I'm going to be so meticulous now. And it goes to show like the way the organization's growing so fast. If he hadn't been that meticulous holding the line then with you and then with me too, it would, there's no telling me how watered down the training would be. And that was part of the reason I went to Hartford is because I didn't hold the line that well, right? I didn't become that meticulous. And whenever I went there, I would have to kind of revamp his training because I was like, hey, you're, you're, you're not saying, uh, hey, how are you doing today? They're saying, hey, quick question, right? They're missing that entire part and you're just not holding the line. You have to be extremely, extremely meticulous on what you're saying and how you train. Um, and so there was kind of a, a revamp there where I personally screwed up. I didn't actually set the example as well as I should have in the local office. Dude, that's crazy to think about. I remember that. And I remember us talking about like teaching people like, hey, if they, if they if you say, hey, how's it going? And they say, hey, how are you? It's not the same thing. It's different. Correct them. Yes. And there's like the that level of intensity with you need to do things the same way that I do it to, to, so that they understand so that they they understand that everything they need to do exactly how I do it. Like if you can get that level of intensity if you can hold a line with yourself and your personal trainees and and you can keep doing it with the next generation the next generation the more you can do it the better it's definitely harder and harder and harder the more and more that the business grows but like if you're a leader on this call and you want to be good like that's how that's how you do it i mean colton's flying out to different cities to make sure people are, are saying the hook correctly um that's how important it is <laughs> that's not the main reason he went for the hook but uh, but like genuinely, if you can have that level of intensity and hold the line, like there's no way that people won't, people won't learn and people won't do good. And I genuinely believe we had a good success rate with, with new people when we first started and, and getting them to be decent at the job because we were, we were good at the relationship building. Like we just wanted to, to be friends with everyone, wanted to have good relationships. And then we we're good at the teaching and training because we held the line with, with little things, little things like that. And, and people people's concern with that usually is like, ah, well, what about personality? That's not how they say it. Once they, once they get the foundation, right, then they can throw in their, their personality a little bit, but people need to learn the, the basics, the foundation, and they need to understand that first. Um, but if you're a leader on this call and you want to help us out and you want to grow, raise your level of intensity with, 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 with doing everything the same way. For sure. Has, has training, has training changed for you? Has it evolved from you? From going from entry level to national consultant, like has it changed at all? I teach the same principles. I think um, I'm not as in, you're making me think I need to be more involved with it and teaching people. And after last week, after being in the Atmo and just going out to the field with someone, it's so easy. But then I'm looking at other people, and it's people definitely complicated that I should be going over it um, more and more. But nothing's really changed. I teach the same thing. I give the the whole Karate Kid impact. If anyone's watched the Karate Kid movie, Mr. Miyagi teaching Daniel's son how to fight. He has him do three, four movements that don't even look like karate. And he just has him do them for weeks on end. And then all of a sudden, this kid knows how to fight. And it's the yeah. same thing with, with, with you teaching other individuals. Mr. Miyagi never lectured anyone. He never went on a rant. Never got on a whiteboard and, and wrote all these things out. He just had Daniel's son for hours on end do the same thing over and over and over and over. That's going to be my impact for leaders meeting tomorrow. The karate one? 
Yeah, the karate. Dude, I heard yes. Shook give it in a completely different perspective, and it was great. Yeah, sure. Uh, have you heard the one of, of Mr. Uh, the guy named Ping from Asia that Jeremy Mosher gives? Without the arm? Without the arm, yeah. He, I, I can't remember the, the point of it, but I remember it. It's, it's about trusting your upline is the point of it. Trusting, trusting in your sensei. Um, yeah. But... Yeah, great, great story as well. He only has one arm, teaches him one move to fight the entire time, ends up winning the entire battle, or entire um, tournament, just with this one move, because the only way to stop the move was by uh, grabbing, grabbing his other arm, which he did not have. <laughs> so, no, um, that's the same concept. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, what are, your, what are your thoughts on day one through four? Because we definitely, if I had to guess what you teach or day one through four and what we teach in our office, day one through four is completely different. Um, yeah, so y'all start people the next day, right? We like do. You. So we do a little bit different. We do a classroom still. So we still have the classroom setting. So people will come in and we do product knowledge and just the basics, onboarding, all that good stuff. Um, and that's two days. And then we start people on Thursday and they work Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Thursday, Friday, Sunday. Um, day, so ours is day one through three because we have that extra two days of classroom. Um, but yeah, so day one is the people come in and we literally focus on the hook, um, for the first 30 minutes It's just the hook the entire time. And then after that, we'll go into our Atmo impact, whatever. And then at nine o'clock, we actually pull them an out away from everybody. And it's just them with a trainer for an hour from nine to 10. And it's literally just an hour of hook transition to quick quote and going through quick quote, hook transition to quick quote, going through quick quote, and then asking for the business. So on day one, they get an hour and a half of straight training before they actually go to the field on just actually the hook, quick quote, close. Hook, quick quote, close. Um, and then on day two, we'll pick up from there as long as they have that stuff down. They got the hook down, all that good stuff. The tournament burned down, mastered all of that. Then we'll go into day two of, hey, hook, quick quote, close. Got that down, perfect. Now we're going to start with three objections. Um, that's it, just three objections. Here's the three objections we're going to go over. Why would someone not sign up with AT&T? Right, it's gonna be really simple. Customer service, right? They don't like the customer service, they don't like the coverage, right? Or bill. Those are the only three reasons why someone wouldn't sign up with ATT. That's it. Right. If you've mastered those three reasons, then everything else is because they don't trust you, basically. I don't even think about it, talk to their wife, whatever. So we're just gonna master these three objections. And usually they've heard that objection at least three, four, five times when they're in the field that first day, too. Like, oh yeah, I remember hearing that. So it relates back to the field. And then we master those three objections. And then after that, those 30 minutes, we go back again. And we'll pull, say it's three new starts, four new starts, and we'll have the top leader that's training all four of those new starts run a classroom just on those three objections. So that from nine to ten again for those three objections, just to make sure we're good. And then at nine forty, we do a game from nine forty to ten o'clock. It's called the rebuttal game, the closing game. Remember that we used to play yeah. it all the time in the outfit. <laughs> Thing is intense. Um, so and then we play that game. Everyone has a good time. Then we go, and then on Saturday, just like how you do it, I'm sure it's competition day, right? You're with your trainer in the field. There's still watching over you there's something you're doing good but still having kind of like that competition mindset and that's our day one through three of training and then we have to choose a classroom too cool and i think as long as as long as people have something picked out as to what the training is going to be and they just stick to it and trust that i think for the most part it'll be good um what are some some tips that you have for people with with building relationships uh the building relationships the, here's two tips. Number one, here's one that I struggled with. I, I was always good at asking discovery questions. So I would ask discovery questions and then I would forget the answers. 
Um, so number one, remember what they tell you. Okay. What do you mean by so, discovery questions? And discovery questions. Like, hey, where are you from? Okay. Hey, well, you have siblings, you have a family, all right? You have kids, right? Like just get them talking about themselves, right? And I, I forget it's like family, occupation, recreation, and, and there's one more. Um, you know, the family last one? It's form, right? Family, occupation, yeah. recreation, and I can't remember. Let's just say motivation for the heck of it. All right. Motivation. <laughs> I don't think that's right. But um, family, occupation, recreation, those are the, usually the three I talk to. And I try to find some type of common ground and I'll dig deeper on it. Um, it is so motivation. I, it is motivation. I looked it up. Yeah, it is. Heck yeah. Cool. Motivation. Um, so if it's, if it's sports, really easy for me. Like really easy to build a foundation off that. If I find that, I'm just going to dig deeper into that. Um, recreation, if they like to hunt, they like to fish, they like to do anything along those lines. Really easy for me to build as well. Where it gets complicated is whenever people are like in the, the anime, right? On those, those questions, like like you and Raph. All right. I learned a lot about Naruto, all right? Um, because of you and Raph, I had no idea about any of it. So now I can at least ask some more questions about it. Um, but the biggest thing, is, and the next thing is in family. Like people, whenever you ask about their family, that's usually someone's why. So you can almost transition that into the motivation. So like, hey, oh yeah, I have... A sister, I have a great relationship with my parents, or the opposite, you know, I'm, I'm a single child, I have a terrible relationship with my parents, right? I'm looking to kind of escape my situation, whatever it is, like you, you never know how the situation is going to be, but genuinely care about the answer. Like whenever you ask the question, genuinely care, like dig deep, like get to know the person for who they are and what they want. And once you figure out what they want, you can almost uh, use that to, not to your advantage, but you can use that to their advantage by helping them achieve it. Um, and, and that's one thing that, you, people will miss out on is they'll ask you discovery questions and they'll forget the answers, right? They don't know how to coach them on it and they don't know how to help them achieve what they're looking for. The whole point of asking discovery questions is trying to figure out what they actually want, what they need, and then helping them attain it. That's the definition of a servant leader, helping other people attain their goals, right? Or not the exact definition. That's my definition of it. All right. Um, but that's how I'm going to serve my people is by helping them attain their goals. And those discovery questions let me lead me to their goals. Yeah. And I think, I mean, basically, if you read any people's school books, they all, they're all going to say something similar where basically you just have to show more interest in the individual than you do in yourself. People's favorite right. subject is, is themselves, or at least a subject that they're experts on is, them, is themselves. And if you start evaluating like people that you like or people that just when you feel good around them, like pay attention to, to those individuals and what is it that they're doing. And they're generally just getting you to talk. 100%. And, I know it. I've noticed it. Like with Mike T, he's like not a lot of people, you know, like you do it, but then like usually, usually the conversations we're having with individuals, it's like we're, we're, we're coaching them. But like I get on the phone with Mike and he's asking me questions about me and, and he's getting me to talk and he makes me feel good. I'm like, dang, Mike is, Mike is good at this stuff. Yeah, <laughs> like, he's, so he's, good at, he's good at remembering things about you and, and following up on how things on, on personal stuff. It's, it's, it's interesting. Um, so you can pay attention to people that make you feel good and watch all they're doing is, is just caring and they know about you and they're asking questions about yourself, about your family, whatever. Um, what yeah, learn for sure. One of the coolest things I think I've seen was actually Zach Shook. And it was this last week in this Philly meeting. Um, they were going over Corey speech. And I like walked out kind of like, not interrupted, but caught Zach as he was walking by. He said hello. And then he asked to speak on stage with Corey, whatever. And he literally recited Corey's entire story. Like I'm talking, went from start to finish his entire story in the business. And I was just like, this that's impressive as hell. 
And I, I went through Corey and I was a part of his story and I don't think I could recite it that well. Um, and it just shows how, how much he truly cared about Corey and how much he wanted him to do well. And um, by doing that, obviously, Corey has tremendous respect for Zach just from that little experience. Yeah, Zach, Zach pays attention. He's good at yes, that. Which, if we suck at remembering, it's, it's, it's usually, at least for me, it's just because I'm not paying attention because I'm thinking about something else, thinking about myself or some other thing. But like, like when I study Zach and, and Mike, the reason why I think they're good at it, it's not because they have unbelievable memory, although I do think they have really good memory. Um, but it just, I can tell they're focused and dialed in on the conversations when we're having a conversation versus me. I know sometimes I'm talking to people and it's like, definitely I'm, I'm doing something else. Um, or I'm thinking about something else or I'm texting. You do a good job at not doing anything else when, when we're talking. Um, that's something that I need to get better at. But Sometimes. Sometimes. I, I'm, but... You got to be intentional with it. Um, but it's just, uh, it definitely goes a long way with just the, being intentional. And I, and that goes back to like, I remember when I was like four or five years old, whenever I started playing sports, whenever the coach was talking, look him in the eyes. Like it's something so simple, but the reason why that was been ingrained in my my head is because whenever you look someone in their eyes, you are paying attention to what they're saying, um, and it just shows respect. So that that's huge. Just go back to something I was taught when I was little: is whenever someone's speaking, just look them in the eyes, like show them that respect, and you'll remember the conversation more. Yep. Awesome. Uh, is there any other tidbits that that you think we should go over for for training? I think that's it. Other than, oh, last thing, guys, remember, have fun with it. All right. If you have fun with training, people want to stay with you. Right. Don't be serious. Don't be uptight. Don't have like a sticks up your ass. Like actually enjoy it. Have fun with them. Right. And if you do, they'll want to come back and obviously they'll get better and retain more information while doing it. Yeah. And with the questions you're you're asking, you know, you're you're. I would look at it as you're getting to know them, you're building a genuine relationship and you're, and you're putting information about them in their arsenal, in your arsenal. So that who knows, they eventually ask a question about the business to show a little bit of interest and you can find a way to, to build a vision with the business, with what it is that they want, what it is that, that they're after. And Richard Branson, I think said this, his goal is to, to build a vision and plug and play people into that vision. Yeah, for sure. And the only way you do that is if you really know what, if you really genuinely know people, you know their skill sets, you know what they're good at, you know what they want out of life. And that just takes time getting getting to know people and then you'll know where to, where to put people. And I remember like first building an office and this happening with a guy named Dylan Corliss, the guy that personally recruited, recruited Brandon. And it was like, day three or day four with him and him and, and, and we were just having fun and I got to know him really well. And then him just randomly finally asking a question about the business. And then I told them what it is that Roth and I are, are trying to do. We're trying to get to, to, to 20 revs. We want to tear a wall down, whatever, whatever. Uh, and him like trying to, to find the way on how he could be, be a part of that. Um, right. But anyways, people get to experience that as, as, as they build crews. For sure. So with that being said, thank you guys for listening. This is a little bit of a longer one. If you made it to the end, we appreciate you. This one, I want to send this one out early to, to some of the leaders because uh, I think it will be good <laughs> for them. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's the end of episode eight. If you haven't liked 
or subscribed, please do so so you get notification. Thank you guys for, for the support. We'll see you guys next week.